Hi, my name is Alex. In Caesar Kawanowski's book, Small is Big, Slow is Fast, he shares this profound thought. The gospel moves at the speed of trust. And I think as we talk about how to talk about Jesus without being weird, this principle is key to understanding how we need to engage people in a way that's going to actually bring Jesus into their life and not be awkward or weird or actually drive people farther away. I think we've all seen evangelism without trust being built. I remember in Tennessee, I was in Chattanooga, Tennessee, I was walking down the street and there was a guy standing on a crate and he had a bullhorn and he was just yelling out things about hell and heaven and the Bible and God and Jesus. And I stopped as a follower of Jesus. I wanted to engage with him. I wanted to know where he was coming from and why he was doing this and if there's been any response. And he wouldn't stop to talk to me. He just kept yelling. And as I was trying to get his attention, he's ignoring me. And he just keeps yelling this to the empty streets. And there's nobody around. And he's just, he's sharing the gospel. But he's not building any trust with anyone. In fact, as I walked farther down the street and I began to hear people talk about that experience, they're like, crazy Christians, they hate everybody, they're all like that. And what he thought he was doing something good, he, he was actually pushing people farther away from Jesus. In fact, I think that sharing the gospel without building trust adds more barriers between people and Jesus. If evangelism is removing the barriers between people and Jesus, there's sometimes where we do evangelism without first building trust and it actually adds barriers between people and Jesus. It does the exact opposite and we call it evangelism. Trust is built over time. It doesn't happen quickly and yet most of our evangelism techniques talk about sharing the gospel with a stranger. Almost as if it's easier to go and have this awkward conversation with somebody that we don't know, who doesn't know us, who we're not going to have to see again and be reminded about the awkward experience. But if we look at the New Testament, many, many times the gospel moves at the speed of trust. And I think that's how it's going to move best in our Western culture today that's increasingly becoming post-Christian. And that's going to take time. That means investing in relationships with people over time so that we can reach a point of trust where they'll actually listen to what we have to say. Richard Baxter, a Puritan theologian from the 1800s, he said this, If people know you love them, they will listen to anything you have to say. And I'm afraid that in our efforts to evangelize, we've been so quick to talk about Jesus, we haven't spent any time establishing first that we love the community, we love the people in it, and we love the person that we're talking to. The question I have to ask myself every time I encounter someone is, how can I build trust with this person? It's a simple question. It's an easy question. I think it's an easier question than saying, how can I begin to talk about Jesus with this person? Or how can I get them to pray a prayer or come to church or be part of a religious experience? It starts much easier. It simply says, how can I build trust to remove barriers between this person and Jesus? The Bible, the New Testament especially, begins to describe the followers of Jesus as ambassadors. Ambassadors represent someone to build trust between two parties. 
an ambassador from the U.S. goes to another country to build trust between that country and the U.S. We are ambassadors of Jesus Christ, and that means our primary mission is building trust between people and Jesus by being his representative. Uh, people sense when we simply want them to make a spiritual step or an act of faith or join a religious organization or, or take some other type of action, and we don't actually want them. See, people are really keened and tuned into when we simply want people to check a box so that we can put a feather in our spiritual caps and say, wow, look, I got this person to pray this prayer while I sat with them in a cab for 15 minutes, instead of when we actually want to be with them and we build up trust over a long period of time and are able to make disciples and not just capture a snapshot decision. See, people are people. Now, that may not sound very profound, but I'm afraid that for too long, the American church has not thought about people as people, but has thought of people as projects. That we look at the people inside of our church and say, this is what we want from them. And we look at the people outside of our church and we say, this is what we want from them. Instead of building trust with them, we've simply looked at them as, how do we get to our next goal as an organization? That's great if you're a business. It's horrible if you're a church, if you're literally the hands and feet of Jesus. And so this way of thinking, this idea about building trust should change our objectives. No longer should we be thinking, how do I get them to pray a prayer? How do I get them to believe? How do I get them to come to church? How do I get them to come to small group? Now the question when we encounter anyone becomes this, how do I build trust between them and me, between them and Jesus? And I think that takes a great weight off our shoulders. All of a sudden, we don't have to convince people to come to church when they have no church experience. Or all of a sudden, we have to convince them to believe something when they have no belief system or no belief background. No, what we have to do is build trust. How can I build trust with people? I think the answer is really simple. I think it's the model for discipleship by living and loving like Jesus. A disciple is a student of Jesus who's learning to live and love people like he did. And I believe that when we live and love people like Jesus did, people begin to trust us because people trusted Jesus because of the way that he treated people. And then we invest time with people and over time they begin to open up and actually care about what we believe. They want to know why we live the way we love, live the way that we do and love people like them the way that we do. And that's when we begin to get to talk about Jesus, not in a way where we're forcing something down them, but in a way where they become so curious by our behavior that they long to know the answer. If I had seven days to share the gospel with somebody, I would spend six days building trust. Because on that seventh day, I want them to know Jesus so deeply, so much, that I wholeheartedly believe that my investment of time into their life, into their problems, into their, their burdens, into their griefs, into their sorrows, and into their joys, will build me the trust for me to actually share what I believe and it to be heard and received and accepted. You know, the Apostle Paul gives us some interesting insight into this in 1 Corinthians 2, verses uh, 6 through 9. Or, I'm sorry, 1 Corinthians 3, verses 6 through 9. It says, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So then neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God gives the growth. 
Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his own reward according to his own labor, for you are God's co-workers. You are God's field, God's building. Paul begins to describe here these, these three separate roles, sowing and watering and reaping. And for so long in evangelism, we've simply talked about success as reaping, as getting people to a place where they believe something or where they pray something or they accept something. But what Paul describes here as success is that all three of these roles are important. All three of these roles are obedient, and obedience equals success. See, each of these roles build trust. In sowing and watering, you don't see a lot, but something's happening behind the scenes. You're building trust with people, and ultimately, that leads to them trusting you or trusting someone enough to hear and understand the gospel and have their life radically changed. See, for too long, we've made evangelism all about decisions instead of about disciples. And Jesus didn't tell us to collect decisions. He told us to make disciples. I think in our American cultural mindset, we've tried to manufacture decisions. And most of our evangelism techniques, most of the way that we're taught to talk about Jesus are about how can we get as many results as possible? Because we're in America, we're used to creating a manufacturing pipeline so that we can mass produce things. But what we've forgotten is discipleship is not about mass production. It's not about quantity, it's about quality. Jesus increasingly said he taught hard things to drive away the crowd so only those who truly believed would stay. And Jesus is in interested in handcrafted disciples. It takes a lot longer to handcraft something than it does to mass produce something. But what Jesus instructs us to do is not to mass produce decisions, but to handcraft, to holistically spend time investing time in people so that we can make handcrafted disciples, students of Jesus who live and love like he did, not who simply say, give me a one-way ticket out of hell to heaven. See, I think sometimes in our efforts to remove barriers between people and Jesus, we don't build trust. We rush in to give them this uh, pre-rehearsed story or pre-rehearsed model to try to convince them to do something so that we can move on to the next person, so we can hit as many people as possible. And in doing so, we devalue the person in front of us, the person that we could spend time with and invest time in and truly create a disciple. A friend of mine in Tennessee, he shared with me when I was in college, he wasn't a believer, and I began to talk to him about my faith as we became friends, and, and he was very resistant to the Christian faith. And I began to ask him why, and he, he gave me this story, and it broke my heart. When he was a teenager, one of his friends invited him to a local church to play basketball. And he said, sure, I love basketball. And so he went and he played there, and at halftime in this game, they stopped him and made all the students sit down, and they began to describe this place of fire and torment and pain and agony called hell. And they went up to this kid. They knew that he wasn't part of the church. He was from the outside. And they went up right into his face, and they said, do you want to burn forever and have your skin burned off forever? And of course, being a 14-year-old kid, he, he was terrified and he was crying and he was upset. He was here within this strange place with these strange people. He just wanted to play basketball and now they're in his face. And he goes, no, of course not. 
And they said, pray this prayer. And they give him a scripted prayer to pray. And he prayed it. And they said, now you can go back to playing basketball. And he played out the rest of the game and went home and never went back to a church ever again. And this is what he said to me. He said, Alex, that experience has taught me I want nothing to do with Christianity. Now think with me for a moment. Later on that day, that youth pastor celebrated with his church that they led someone to Jesus. They celebrated adding barriers between someone and Jesus so that they could get a decision and check a box so that they could send it off to a denomination or a network and say, look what happened. They didn't make a disciple of Jesus Christ. They didn't build trust with that young man. In fact, they pushed him farther away from Jesus than he's ever been before. And so when he encounters me and I begin to develop a friendship with him, all of a sudden, I have to undo a lot of baggage from the past where a well-meaning church built barriers instead of removing barriers between people and Jesus. Why? Because they rushed to get a decision instead of building trust. And so as we think about how to talk to other people about Jesus without being weird, we absolutely have to build trust. Trust is built slowly, but people are worth the investment. Making true disciples of Jesus Christ, seeing people's lives change as they begin to live and love like Jesus, that is worth the slow, messy, time-consuming, often painful investment into people. We need to trust the Holy Spirit to change people when we faithfully build trust between people and us and people and Jesus. Next week, we'll continue our discussion about how to talk to people about Jesus without being weird by talking about how to be intentionally relational with people, at the same time being explicitly Christian, not hiding the fact that this is who we serve and who we want to talk about.